Hello, and welcome to the Canal Street Chronicles podcast, part of the SB Nation family. I'm your host, Brendan Ertel, and you can find my Saints articles on Canal Street Chronicles as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Brendan underscore Ertel. Houdat, and welcome back to Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Ertel. Today, I'm going to be breaking down day two of the of the tampering period. Day one wasn't too exciting for the Saints, but coming at you guys with day two, a lot more information going on. Free agency hasn't even started yet, and we have tons of information, and information being thrown at me is right when I'm talking, too. And that's going to keep coming on, but I'm just going to keep coming at you guys every day, just breaking down what happened today, even if the Saints didn't really do anything. It's still important around the league to know what is going on. And first and foremost, it's good just to get some news, even on SportsCenter, about the NFL, football, things that we enjoy, not this coronavirus that's been depressing on so many people's lives and kind of a burden. And it's it's just, it doesn't make you feel good when you see that news. So it's good to get some real news back into the sports world and something that we can enjoy. And I know Saints fans are going to like this offseason. We already have some crazy moves going on. Tom Brady going to the Bucks, Teddy Bridgewater going to the Panthers. We'll be getting to more of that in just a second. First and foremost, we're going to get into our Saints. Their first move was in day one of the tampering period. And, of course, it was long snapper Zach Wood. Now, it's not the most sexy signing, but it is sexy. Because the Saints do value special teams. And good teams need to value special teams. And we saw like the Dallas Cowboys. They did not have a good special teams crew last year, and they weren't a good team. I mean, they had tons of good potential, but they just they didn't go to that potential because special teams is such a crucial part. And you might be saying, okay, it's a long snapper. But long snapper means so much more than people think because if it, it snaps too high, snaps too low, it's ruining the, the timing on everything. The holder won't be able to get it down. And any way you can get points on a drive is big. And Zach Wood has been consistent for the Saints. And he's even made some key tackles, too. So it's good the Saints keep him up. They signed him four-year, $4 million deal. So he's the third-highest-paid long snapper in the NFL. So good to bring him back. And the Saints later on signed David Onyemata. And that was that came as an early surprise to me. But not a surprise that they re-signed him, but a, a surprise that another team didn't re-sign him before the Saints did. The reason being because defensive linemen are so important in the NFL, and it was reported that he might get anywhere from $10 million plus in free agency. And when we saw that, we were all like, eh, he's probably gone, which sucks. The Saints will roll with Rankins, Malcolm Brown, and Shy Tuttle. But keeping David Onyemata is huge because you have that four-man rotation of Rankins, Brown, Shy Tuttle, and David Onyemata, who keeps getting better each and every single year. And you might be saying, okay, we still pay this guy $9 million. That's a great price for what he's worth because defensive tackles, Vernon Butler, a defensive tackle who has done literally nothing in this league yet, has just just got paid $8 million to play football. And David Onyemata is so much better than Vernon Butler. He went to LA Tech. And Javon Hargrave, a name that lots of people coveted and they wanted he is getting paid $13 million to play nose tackle. 
And even DJ Reader, the nose tackle from the Houston Texans, signed with the Bengals for a huge deal. Defensive tackle is a coveted position in the NFL. And the Saints got theirs back at a hometown discount. $9 million is a great deal for David Onyemata. It was a three-year deal. $27 million averages up to $9 million a year. Great move for the Saints. So that was a big-time move to keep David Onyemata in the building. And today, before I even woke up, the Saints signed Drew Brees to a two-year, $50 million deal that averaged to about twenty-five per year. And we all know we all knew this contract was coming. I could have predicted this weeks ago, but it was just a matter of when. And we we know they'll be an out of this contract. We don't know how many years Drew Brees wants to play left. This could be his last year. It all depends on how the season finishes. But Mickey Loomis likes to pay people now and kind of stretch that dead money out later which is a good technique and that's probably what they'll do with drew they could pay him all the terms of the contract haven't came out so i'm just kind of guessing but they could pay him like 16 million next year and then da 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 and just go down the road paying him a little bit each and every single year kind of what the cowboys are still doing paying tony romo but that dead that dead money cap spreading it down into further years does hurt them later on but it helps them right now and it won't hurt them that much later on because their future is in Taysom Hill and he will not get the same money that Drew Brees is getting. So that kind of evens things out. Day one of the tampering period, we didn't really see any quarterbacks go. No huge surprises. Ryan Tannehill re-signed with his team. Case Keenum went to the Browns. We said that Drew Brees would kind of be the first domino of this whole thing, setting setting his market. And look, look, at, look at today. Day two of the tampering period, Drew Brees signs in the morning. Teddy Bridgewater agrees to a contract with the Carolina Panthers and Joe Brady. Later on the next, later on in the day, Tom Brady signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So all NFC South moves. And woo, look at the NFC South. This is going to be a fun year of division play. I never thought Matt Ryan would be the worst quarterback in the division, but here we are today. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Brady, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians. Doesn't get any better than that. It's definitely going to be a fun year. Tom Brady's got some weapons. And I was honestly surprised. I never really thought the Bucks were realistic. Like, just think about it. Tom Brady, the New England Patriots star quarterback, been there for 20 years, going to the Buccaneers. Like, what? So it is, it's crazy to think about. He wanted to keep his family on the East Coast. So he'll sign a deal that's worth $30 million. And this all escalated so fast today. And it, I would have put money in that he would have returned to the Patriots still. But look what happened. And it's just, it came down in the money. Because the relationship with the Patriots, it wasn't great. And I think it wasn't great because, for example, the Saints. The Saints have always paid Drew Brees respectfully. They've paid his, him market value. Drew Brees hasn't demanded a bunch of money. The Saints haven't demanded it too low. They're always respectful and even even in today when they sign the contract, $25 million is a great respectful deal. Drew Brees has actually taken a pay cut to play football for them. And just that relationship is so strong. And throughout him, his tenure in, in um, New England, he was signing these little contracts that made him look like there was a year he had like a single-digit million Calisara cap hit as a quarterback. And it's just like, that just can't happen. And I think no one really knows what happens behind closed doors, but I think money had to do with it. A little bit of a power move too. But 
yet again, Tom Brady's in our division, and that just means we need to get stronger and better. And I think I'm getting lots of questions. Are the Saints the second best team in this division? No, the Saints are the best team in this division. All three of those teams are still tra- chasing the Saints for that first seed. Remember, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is still the team that didn't make the playoffs last year and with Jameis Winston couldn't play defense. Okay, Tom Brady's there. Great. They still need to play defense. I'll be getting into that NFC South more and more on as we get deeper in the free agency. But we also have some more Saints news with some players that have exited. Of course, Teddy Bridgewater went to the Panthers today. But in day one, A.J. Klein signed a deal with the Buffalo Bills, reuniting with his former coach, Sean McDermott. He was in uh, Carolina when he was in Carolina. It's a good move for the Bills. He'll be more as a... He won't have a bigger, that big of a role with the Buffalo Bills. But I don't know if the Saints really wanted him back. Um, of course, they wanted him back, but they wanted him back on his price. And they did send an offer to linebacker Jamie Collins, and that was reported by Nick Underhill. And he said the money that they sent him wasn't going to be enough to get the deal done. And like I said earlier, the Saints set a price for a player, they set the ceiling, and they say, okay, we're going to pay this player this much, and we're not going to overpay for them. And the Detroit Lions come in and sign him for three years, $30 million. So $10 million a year for him I think is a little steep. And definitely the Saints did not want to pay that. If they would have seen that deal, they would have been like, heck no, we'll move on to the next option. What was the Saints offer to Jamie Collins? I don't know. I, I bet it's closer to half of $10 million than it was closer to actual $10 million because that is a lot for a player who was maybe a little bit inconsistent last year but still a dominant player. The Saints don't like to overpay for players in free agency. With all this NFL free agency news, the Saints are just trying to keep their people they have in the building in the building. And one of the first moves the Saints needed to get done to get some salary cap space was restructure AJ Klein, and that's just what they did not even 10 minutes ago while I'm recording this. The Saints restructured Kiko Alonso contract. It's not clear how much they're saving, but they are saving money in his contract. He was due almost $8 million this year. So they save money on him, but he can actually earn all of that money back, or most of it, with playing incentives. So if he plays a certain amount of games, certain amount of stats, he can earn some of that money back, which is important because that's not guaranteed money on the salary cap. So that gives the Saints a little bit more leeway to make moves in free agency. We're all sitting here waiting for the Saints to sign somebody, but they don't have any money to sign them with. So this is one of the first moves that the Saints were kind of making money on their roster to go out and sign someone like a Vaughn Bell, who I'll talk about in just a minute, or another player that they value. They needed the money to do that, and this won't be the first part of the restructure. They haven't even cut anyone yet, so we'll they'll find ways to make money. We know Mickey Loomis. He's not worried about the money. We shouldn't be worried about the money. They'll figure it out. So moving on to Vaughn Bell. So it was reported earlier today that Vaughn Bell had interest from the Panthers and the Saints, and that was reported this morning. And the Panthers went out and they signed Trey Boston to a three-year deal. So that is great news for the Saints because that kind of checks off their safety need, and it kind of puts the Saints as a front runner, bidding against no one right now for Vaughn Bell. And that's kind of what they want to do because they said they, I know they have a number that they want for him. I don't know what that number is. I think it's six, seven, eight, nine million, and they don't want to. They don't want to pass that. And right now they're in the driver's seat for him. It sounds like, but free agency is crazy. 
anyone at any given moment can come and swoop them. And that's what I'm kind of scared of, but nothing we can do right now. The Saints are just making moves to get more money to pay these players. So just keep keep an eye out for all these restructures or cuts. Patrick Robinson is a guy to keep your eye on as a potential cut or restructure as well. So as the Saints start to restructure these players, they'll get more money. They can restructure Michael Thomas. They could restructure Larry Warford. There's so many things they could they could do, but their needs still remain because they haven't really they haven't I mean they haven't at all signed someone from the street. They've just worked on keeping their bodies in the building, and that's what they always do first. They always want to keep everyone in their in in their facility in their facility. And the second wave of players is kind of when the Saints jump on these guys like Demaro Davis, Larry Wolford. Those were second wave guys. They didn't have to pay millions of dollars. They they um, were actually a couple seasons back when they signed Larry Wolford. They wanted Kevin Zeitler, but Kevin Zeitler chose the Browns. And that turned out really good for them because Larry Wolford's been a great option for them and they got to pay him less. So don't get too jumpy. The Saints will make their moves. They'll get their wide receiver. They'll dress guard, whether that is Nick Eason or bringing back Andrews Pete. I know it kind of hurts some people, but it's looking like that could be an option. Ronald Leary is a name that I've thrown out there a few times. There's definitely names out there that Saints can put in. And if you think about it, they got, they got four good offensive linemen already. So if you just plug in a good or an average one, they're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna fit in. It's, it's, it's going to work out. The Saints have a plan. They know what they're going to do. Another name I want to throw out there is Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's a great fit. He's been my ideal Saints signing for the whole time. And I, I, I think, I don't know, I think they had interest in him on, at the trade deadline, and they just got outbid by San Francisco. So they don't want to break the bank on Emmanuel Sanders. Randall Cobb was a name we threw out there, but he got absolutely paid from Houston. A, a number that Houston Texans fans are already pissed about because they lost DeAndre Hopkins, and then he got three years, $27 million. So for a slot corner, that's a ton of, or a slot wide receiver, that's a ton of money. And again, first wave of players, they're going to have to overpay to get these players. So Saints are going to sit back, watch people overpay, and they're going to come and pounce on these players. So don't stress, relax. Day three is coming. Free agency starts tomorrow. The Saints will start making their moves. The Saints also officially tendered Taysom Hill. So they have the first round tender on him. They protected him. They get they want to get a deal done with him too. So the Saints will figure everything out. I'll be posting tomorrow night a breakdown of day three, the first official day of free agency, of kind of what happened, what went down, what the Saints did, what the league did, because the first few days have been absolutely action-packed and it takes more than a 15-minute podcast to break that down so i'll be i'll be making sure to get everything out to you guys i appreciate everyone tuning in you can follow me on twitter at brendan Ertle, or you can find me on youtube if you don't have apple podcasts at brendan Ertle, and you could subscribe give me five stars if you got the chance i appreciate everyone tuning in again i love all the hoodats out there keep tuning in keep showing love and i'll do the same hoodat